purchase Saskatchewan. Or the post it in. Champions again! This is the Rush Hour Podcast presented by Original 16. I'm your host, Cody Jansen. You can connect with me on Twitter at PXP. A lot of signings, a lot of the young guys getting locked up before training camp here. Jeremy Searle, Isaac Enju, Ryan Delks officially gets the franchise tag. One-year contract for him, Cameron Bedour, and a trade with the New York Riptide. Jordy Jones-Smith is heading out that way. The defender, sometimes you just run yourself into a numbers game. And Saskatchewan has a plethora of righties on the back end. Jordy Jones-Smith ends up being the odd man out. I I think he's a guy who's going to have a lot of success in New York, but for Derek Keenan to get a second-round pick for him, uh, I think this trade could be considered a win-win for both teams. And, of course, we wish Jordy nothing but the best out in New York as long as you're not playing the rush. But let's hit the rewind button a little bit here. We'll talk more training camp. We'll talk more exhibition games on the next episode. But I want to get back to Dan Linton re-signing. Because this was an impact player, a high-impact player last season with the Rush. He was fourth on the team in scoring. 14 more goals than Josh Currier. Seven more than Jeff Shatler. 42 points in 18 games. A power play whiz. And just a guy who really impressed on a team where the offense did struggle last season. So getting him locked up for a couple more years, that's a great Whitby connection to have in Saskatchewan. Definitely happy to have him sticking around. And then Clark Walter gets signed as well. A one-year deal for him. The limestone product. The lefty. Could see him coming out the O or the back gate. I know Derek Keenan sees him as a very versatile guy as well. Had a good summer out in Coquitlam. But where I think this could get interesting is really his versatility in a sense of he's a lefty. They need some lefties out the back end. Could he be a player to go in transition and take over one of those roles? I I think he's got the size. I think he's got the speed, the strength. Now it comes down to what's between the ears. If you can put that together, figure out the systems, play as a smart transition player that's not going to get caught out in bad situations, that's where I could see Clark Walter really taking the next step and becoming a full-time NLLer. But training camp's going to tell us that whole story. So let's get to it. We caught up with these guys here just recently, Dan Lintner, Clark Walter on the Rush Hour Podcast, presented by Original 16. Dan Lintner now joins us on the podcast. Dan, how's summer been? Uh, it's been good. Kind of kind of quiet on my end. I am not uh, not playing this summer, so it's been pretty cool to be a, be a bit of a fan and watch some buddies play and, and keep up with uh, with all the, the local lacrosse stuff that's been taken up this summer, um, you know, after the pandemic years we've had so been kind of cool that way and then just um working around the house keeping in shape and uh doing some uh some family activities as well are you missing summer ball at all yeah i mean you uh you definitely miss the game when when you're not playing um you know this is probably the first summer other than obviously the the pandemic summers but you know the first summer that uh, i haven't really played in years so it's uh, it's definitely something you miss, and you know gets you a little bit more excited for uh, for the winter to to get here. I don't want to wish away the nice summer days, but uh, definitely uh, will be good to to get things rolling again in the, in the next few months. We got to talk. So I hear you're pretty nice with the clubs. How's the golf game looking? <laughs> uh, not too bad. Uh, you know, I try to get out as as much as I can after work and stuff like that. I live about twenty minutes from the golf course. Some of them are at so. 
uh, try to get up there for, you know, midsummer. You can get up there for five thirty, six o'clock and still get an 18 in, but typically just try to get nine in after, after work here. But, um, yeah, loving it. Stop being humble. What's the handicap at? <laughs> um, yeah, playing around like a six or so right now. So, um, you know, trying to, uh, to get better game by game or match by match or round by round, however you want to put it, but trying to, uh, to be as good as I can out there. Just a six. Is that any good? What's the low round for the year? What's, what's the low round going on right now? I think 75 or 76 is, uh, is the low round got there, but three or four times this summer, which is, which is nice. Um, but you know, try to, uh, to keep it in that mid seventies to, to low eighties realm. If I can. We're going to have to cut this out or Liv's going to be calling. you would be smacking around Phil on the golf course here soon. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm quite there, but that would be nice. <laughs> oh, okay. The real reason we wanted to have you on, you re-signed with the Rush. Walk me through, because, you know, you become a UFA. Obviously, you get a few more choices. You entertain a few more calls. Walk me through what that day was like for you. Yeah. I mean, obviously, becoming a UFA in our league is... Uh, you know, it's challenging in, in its own right. Um, and when I say that, I just mean, you know, the whatever you do to qualify for it. So the the six years and the, the 30 years of age type of thing. So, um, you know, it's something that, you know, takes time to, to achieve. And, um, you know, as much as coming back to to the rush was my main priority. I obviously just wanted to, to kind of see what it, it was going to be like on uh, on the 15th. So. Um, you know, obviously came to that agreement with Derek and that I was going to kind of see free agency through. And, um, but at the end of the day, my, my intentions were to, to be back with the rush and, you know, I, I've, uh, said it before, but I think we got some unfinished business, you know, in, in Toontown here. I mean, obviously with the winning pedigree that they've developed last year was a little bit underwhelming. So definitely wanted to, to get back with the guys and you know show everyone what we really can do so um yeah monday was a great day um you know definitely had a few conversations but uh at the end of the day um you know came to an agreement with derek that you know both myself my family and uh and obviously derek was was happy with and was able to get it done and really looking forward to being back in uh in in Saskatchewan. In Saskatchewan and uh, in front of the best fans in the league, for sure. We won't talk about how you almost butchered Saskatchewan right there. <laughs> hey, what what's that Saskatchewan <laughs> I, difference, though? You've played on a bunch of different teams. Like, like, what's it like finding a home, I guess, where, as you said, you entertain free agency, but only for 12 hours, if that. You know, I've been in, in Toronto for the longest period of my career, and, um, you know, it was a home because it was close to the family and, and, uh, and as well, you know, a great group of guys and stuff like that. And, you know, the few years that followed my time in Toronto have been, you know, a little bit all over the place for lack of a better word. So, um, you know, I, uh, I definitely found a, a sense of comfort with, you know, the team and the coaching staff and, and the organization as a whole and, um, in Saskatchewan. So, um, you know, I was looking to continue that. And I think, you know, with, uh, the core group of guys we got coming back, obviously, you know, saw, saw the news yesterday, we lost, you know, one of our, if not, you know, our, our, our leader in, in Corbs, but, 
you know, the, the core group of folks back and, um, you know, some of the younger talent that we've got coming in is going to be exciting. So, um, looking, uh, looking forward to training camp here in the end of October, November timeframe. So I've got to have a lot of conversation with guys after last season. One of my favorite questions is just what was your high point of last year? You know, wearing a rush sweater. What's that one memory you look back on? Obviously the season doesn't go exactly as you planned, but what's that one moment memory game shift, whatever it is that you're like, that's the point. That's the high point from last year. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, looking at the record, obviously, I. You know, it, you know, one would probably say we didn't really have a ton of those, but I think just, you know, my first time getting to the arena and, and uh, in front of the Saskatchewan fans and, and running out of the tunnel and, um, you know, just playing the shift and, and scoring a goal in the, in the first game was, was pretty exciting to me. It was something I'd look forward to, you know, since I heard I was traded to, uh, to the rush. So, I mean, obviously that first game, goal shift whatever you want to call it was one I'll, I'll definitely remember um but you know in terms of the year I think just like sh- the resiliency we kind of showed at the end of the year the last four games we put together as a team uh I think was probably the high for me it was you know we had a great last month as a as a crew and um you know I think we were all saying it if we would have somehow gotten a shot at the playoffs we would have been a team that you know a lot of people wouldn't have wanted to play so um, you know, I, I'm hoping to, to build on that and, you know, hopefully have a, a lot more highs this year and, um, and whatnot. But I think, yeah, that, that would probably be it from last year, you know, the, the first game and obviously how we finish things off. So you're on the bench and on the floor. Is the Jimmy Quinlan effect real or what? Because it seems like everyone who talks about those last four games of the year, there's just a different tone that happens when guys speak of his effect on the team. Yeah. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, an energy bug. Um, he, he loves the game. He, he, he knows it inside and out and, uh, it rubs off on everybody. And, um, you know, just the, the way he brings his energy, his passion for the game and his just all around, I guess, charisma for, um, for life in general. And, you know, he's just a great guy to be around and he's a, he's a player's coach. He, he definitely, you know, gives us the, the freedom to play, but at the same time, you know, gives us a, a good structure to, to follow. And, um, you know, I told him on, you know, in my exit meeting at the end of the year, he's definitely in a short period of, of playing for him and playing with him is, you know, definitely one of the best coaches I've, I've you know been able to play with. So I'm really looking forward to getting a full season under the belt with uh, him at the helm. And obviously, um, you know, hopefully we can, continue what we had you know started at the end of the year but you know jimmy's definitely a a guy that's going to bring a lot to the team as the head coach and um you know i know a lot of guys are feeling really excited about it and you've got cam sedgwick as well and maybe that's my uh, edmonton alberta bias but with him being up here he's a great guy to help you out on offense you'll have no fun at all with him also uh what's um you know when you look back at last season you set a career high in goals and points Am I crazy in thinking that you've got another level to get to? I think I said it. I, I don't know if it was social media or a show I was on. I said, I think you actually have another level you can get to where just because you set career highs this past season doesn't mean that that's where you're capped off at. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone strives to, to make each season, you know, the, the next one uh, better. And I think it was just the sense of my comfortability, you know, in, uh, in an offense and in a team that was able to, 
um, you know, bring me to, um, you know, a, a level, I guess, last year that I hadn't really got to before. And, and it was the opportunity to, you know, play on a consistent basis and, and produce was, uh, was there. And I kind of just took that as, you know, I'm, uh, I'm being trusted to do something. I'm going to go out there and do everything I can. So I think I can definitely get to another level. And I think, you know, it's just going to grow with, you know, the chemistry we'll, we've been building with our offense and, you know, we bring back, you know, a, a whole core, I think this year, hopefully, and uh, other than shots, of course, but, um, you know, I think we'll, uh, we'll definitely have a lot to build on in training camp and heading into the season here. So hopefully I can bring it to another level and, you know, at the same time, hopefully our, our offense as a whole can do that same thing. And, you know, we'll be uh, a force to, to be, uh, Reckon with this year in the league. So I'm allowed one big J journalist question per podcast is uh, where I set my limit at. You, you mentioned chemistry too, and it's the one I wanted to ask you about because you do get, you know, probably six, seven guys back on offense and, and chemistry was the main excuse, I guess, for lack of a better term that was used last year, just with the slow start. Is that something that gets thrown out the window now? And it's, Hey, you guys have all played together. You got to get the ground running. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, once we get into our flow and get back to, to training camp and stuff like that, you know, you get majority of the guys playing in different offenses over the summer uh, with different groups of guys. So I think, uh, you know, once we get back together as a as a core group and, um, you know, get things rolling, you know, it, it's not for lack of talent. We got a pretty great crew up there and, um, you know, coming coming back this year and, and just getting a few practices under our belt, I think it'll, it'll come back pretty quick and we'll be able to, to kind of build from there, you know, game by game, uh, week by week, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Now the fun stuff. Who did you prank last year? You gotta have one good story. Did someone get you or did you prank someone? Um, pranks. Um, like my first, uh, my first weekend in Sask, they got a, a good thing going with, uh, all the, uh, the snacks and stuff on the counter and somehow when we do O and D meetings <laughs> a few of them disappear in the bags and then guys get then fined for stealing the peanut butter or the bread. So I uh I got fined uh, the first weekend there for stealing the bananas somehow and they were in my bag. But uh I tried to get a few guys back through it the year and I had a an eagle eye after that, always checking my bag. So um but no, other than that, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Oh, fine. I'm sure it wasn't Corbs or Dilks doing that by any means. Last lacrosse question for you. The, these new guns coming up. I know there's a couple of Ontario kids, Boudreaux, Barnable. We've heard a ton about them. How excited are you to see this next crop of talent come through Saskatchewan? Yeah, it's always exciting to get, uh, get some new younger guys in, uh, in the group. And, um, you know, I know it's been a little bit, uh, slower with, uh, with the pandemic years and guys going back to school and stuff like that. So, uh, it'll be nice to get a, a nice, uh, a nice group of younger guys in and, you know, see them, you know, have, a an impact on our team, you know, much like clucks or, or Bobby, um, or Marshall had last year. Right. So, um, you know, it's always good to, to get some younger guys and, um, you know, have them build and, and start their careers here in the league. And, um, you know, I know they're, they're going to bring some, uh, some spark and, uh, and stuff like that to, uh, to the group. So I'm definitely excited to see them, them at training camp this year and, um, you know, into, into the lineup throughout the year. 
So this 1,000% isn't getting released by the time the Minto Cup's owner. So let's crown a champion, Lintner. Who's winning it? Uh, I, I'm obviously going to have to throw my money on the, the Whippy Warriors. Shocker. Uh, you know, pulling out their first Minto since uh, since the 2013 crew, which, you know, involved myself and Derek and, and Ryan, Jordy Jones-Smith, uh, probably a few other Whippy guys on there on the that I'm forgetting, but... I'm going to have to throw the money on the Warriors. I, I couldn't go any other direction. Although Riley O'Connor is coaching the beaches, which is, is you know, he was a big Whitby guy too. So you got to root for him a little bit, but more or less I'm, I'm calling the, the Whitby W. There we go. It's already been crowned Whitby Warriors, the champions per yeah. Dan Littner. Uh, yeah, no fact checking us if we are wrong here. Hey, Danny, appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time. Hope the summer's been well to you and we'll see you around the rink here soon. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Cody. It's Cody Jansen, Rush Hour Podcast, joined by Clark Walter. Now, Clark, how's summer going? Summer's going pretty good. I just finished summer ball, so the body's a little beaten up, but got some time here to relax and uh, recover before training camp comes up. Well, it was an unfortunate end of the summer ball season for you, but let's run it back. Where do you spend your summers and what do you do? What's the, the day job for you? The day job is uh, park construction for the District of West Vancouver, so lots of cutting grass. Lots of chilling. It's not too hard of a job, which is nice. If your boss, if your boss is listening, there's no chilling at all. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not, not, not hour long breaks, just 10 minutes, but, uh, spending my summer in Port Coquitlam for the most part. And then little vacations here and there going to Kelowna this weekend and just small trips like that out to the Okanagan. Well, that sounds terrible. What do you do out there? You're a houseboating guy. You're going camping or what? This weekend I'm going on a golf trip with a few buddies but when we do get out there, we're trying to get kind of get on the boat, get on the lake. What tracks you plan? We're going to, uh, what's it called? I know t- two of the courses are at the same place, and I actually can't even remember the name of the okay, course. Okay, it's okay. I threw you on the spot. It's, I threw you uh, on the spot. It's a local course to my buddy who's living out there right now. So he kind of set up the whole thing, and he's just kind of sending us information this week, and we're just paying him. So, How's the golf Maybe team looking right now? It's actually good. I got a membership this year, so I've been golfing a lot. Okay, okay. What's the cap at? Uh, like uh, 14, 15. I'm shooting like mostly mid-80s, low-90s now. What's the, what's the low round for the year? The lowest right now is an 84. Okay, that's not terrible at all. Yeah. That'll, that'll keep def- you competitive, couple I'm, of birdies. This is probably the most I've improved in a year, but strictly because I got a membership so I can golf. When did you start <laughs> golfing? Have you always been a golfer or you kind of pick it up late like most guys? No, I've always been a golfer, but nothing too serious like pitch and putts growing up with my brothers and my dad and whatnot, but I definitely dominate pass. anyone at pitch and putt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't ask me to drive a ball though. Cause we don't know which way it's going to end up going. Walk me through. How do you first pick up a stick? How do you get into the game of lacrosse? Uh, I was mostly playing hockey growing up and it was all kind of when my buddies all started playing lacrosse. I, I wasn't really about lacrosse growing up too much. I grew up in a hockey family, so once a few of my friends picked up the stick, the kind of kind of got me involved. I was kind of late. I was probably 13 years old, 14 years old when I started playing. But growing up at that time, too, my brother started playing lacrosse. So that's kind of also one of the main reasons I started playing because I was watching their games and like seeing how kind of brutal it was really like they could fight each other, get in the box, fight each other again, then get kicked out of these games. And I was like, this is pretty entertaining. Like, I want to try it out. So that's kind of the main reason I started to play. 
Well, 13's pretty late, though, to get started. Like, that's impressive for you to pick it up then. How many siblings you got? I got two older brothers and an older sister. Okay, so you got the wheels beat off you a couple of times. Exactly. That's all right. You said they were lacrosse players, too. Did they go on to to play anywhere or just some juniors or what? Juniors, really, and then work took over for both of them. That's fair. That that happens to everyone in real life. Walk me through your junior career, though. Like, I mean, were you dominating minors before you go and play at Poco or what? Yeah, like my age group in Poco wasn't too strong, but the age group above me was very strong. So, like, I'd have hit or miss seasons. I'd have, like, a really good season with the older guys and then, I'd play with the younger guys and we wouldn't have a very good season. So like I kind of got both ends of the stick where I had to like really play good one year. And then the other year I could be like an average guy on a really good team, but I learned a lot every other year. And I mean, definitely was fun because I had a lot of buddies in Poco growing up. So we just all played together like every year, but yeah, I was mostly like in Poco. We weren't, the best but we could compete so it was still good obviously coquitlam as a powerhouse we'd lose to them every year but we had our years to compete with them so it was fun and by poco i guess for everyone who's listening and doesn't get the lower mainland yet it's port coquitlam so when you were in juniors did you have a couple of decent teams a couple of years there or was it really a struggle to be competitive in the bcj uh we made it to the playoffs i think most years i was in junior uh but obviously first round knockouts most of the time to like New West or Coquitlam, Langley, those kind of guys. Was it but, 18 or 19 you got picked up by Langley? Uh, 19, I believe. What was that like for you, you know, putting on a different sweater? I liked it a lot, honestly. Like I've played with probably every guy on that team before from like Team BC and whatnot. So like I was very comfortable going into that locker room and I loved all those guys. And unfortunately that year also kind of turned out not the way we wanted to we lost a couple games that we shouldn't have and didn't even make playoffs but that group of guys i loved playing with it was a nice change of pace for sure walk me through what's the poco coquitlam rivalry like like there's it's got to be some bad blood being that close i mean every year it's like i guess for me at least every other year we could compete with them but we always kind of got the short end of the stick when we were growing up in minors we we beat them one year and Won the provincial championship, was which was huge for us. But, like, obviously with Coquitlam being a lot bigger than Poco, like, they get a lot more people to choose from and have just a better group most years. And, like, there's not much bad blood besides them being the city beside us. And, like, we play each other in every sport and everything. Like, our schools play against each other, our minor teams play against each other, juniors play against each other. So you see them a lot and you compete against them a lot. And, like, obviously, this summer for me, playing for Coquitlam was very weird to start just because, like, I'm not used to that. But for the most part, it was just we we played each other so much and we were, like, right there head to head. So not too much bad blood, but a lot of competing against one another. So were you playing against, like, Delbs and those guys, like, growing up? Yeah, growing up every year, I was playing against Delbs. Of course. Okay, that that makes sense then because, yeah, you, you probably would have felt like you needed a shower after you put on that ugly purple and gold for a while. But uh, going down to the States, when does field lacrosse come into the picture for you before you, you go down to limestone, and how do those conversations start? I only really got into field lacrosse just because I wanted to keep the stick in my hand and the box off season. Like, wasn't ever the biggest fan of field lacrosse, but... I started playing it and started enjoying it more. And then obviously I got pretty good at it. And then I got those those offers to go down to school in the States, which he couldn't really pass on. And I ended up in South Carolina at Limestone College, which was which was honestly amazing. 
and I'm very happy for that opportunity. But yeah, I started playing field lacrosse maybe a couple years after I started playing box lacrosse. So that was also pretty late to pick up the stick and for field, but kind of just went with it and it worked out pretty good. Okay, what's the culture shock for a kid moving down to South Carolina? coming from the lower mainland like that's two different sides of the world oh yeah it was very different for most like for me though it wasn't really like i was kind of going into like south carolina it was honestly kind of like i was moving to new york because every guy i lived with and kind of was in my class was from new york so like my small group of friends that i was like coming up with in my class just every single one of them was from new york so they were like kind of making fun of me for my canadian accent and all this stuff and i'm like guys, you listen to yourself, like, you sound completely different, too, like, and they just didn't understand, like, what Canadian people were like, so it was pretty weird that way, but for, like, being in South Carolina, like, the heat, just, like, the food, all that was just a change, and, like, I remember getting down there my first day, I'm wearing, like, a white shirt, black shorts, and I'm just, like, fully drenched in sweat just by walking around the campus, and I'm, like, holy crap, like, this is going to be hard to run in for sure did you like going to the small school though i i know that there's you know i've known people who've gone down there and there's a lot of mixed reviews but it seems like it worked out well for you i i definitely liked the smaller school what did More you study to, i uh, ended up with a sport management degree okay so you're gonna be a gm one day yeah maybe <laughs> no that, that's that's cool <laughs> How do you guys end up doing down there? I, I know you guys went on a couple of playoff runs as well, but what was your most successful year, I guess, or season? My first year as a freshman, we we won the national championship. Oh, no kidding. I was lucky enough to get a good amount of playing time. I tore my meniscus during the season, but came back and got to play in the semis in the, in the final, which was amazing. So that would have been 2017 then, you were on that team? 2017, yeah. Oh, no kidding. Oh, okay. I th- no, yeah, that was my first year down there. Jeez, what a run and for then, you guys then. Yeah, that kind of just made me want to like, it, I was chasing that the whole time I was there, obviously, which pushed every one of us to like get better because you show up and you win a national championship. Like you just want to do that again and again and again, but not that easy. Our, our second year was tough. We had like one of the worst years in limestone history. I think we had a couple guys injured and just a few like tough things happen and then during the season we i think we ended up with like five or six losses which you wouldn't think was too bad but in like the history of lacrosse like limestone they only had like one or two losses a year so having five or six is really bad but we bounced back after that year and we made it back to the championship against merrimack again but then we ended up losing in the final my junior year which is pretty brutal but then Senior year, it got cut off. I had five games, and COVID shut it down, so I got sent home. Was your junior year the one where you had the OT winner? Yes, it was. Okay, well, you got to tell the story. Come on, it was a pretty big game, I guess. Yeah, that was a quarterfinal against Tampa, and that game was hectic, too. It was back and forth the whole game. Uh, we had, I think, a thunder delay, like a storm delay, so we're inside for 30, 40 minutes. We're all soaking wet. We go out. I think we ended up. Going back over regulation for a little bit. Goes into overtime. First overtime, Andrew Q actually scores during it, but they called it off. So, like, that was kind of crazy. And then it goes into second overtime, and then I scored it, and it was 
it was unreal that just to push us to the semis and then we make it to the final, which is incredible. But yeah, that, that moment was pretty cool for me, for sure. Against Tampa, nonetheless, uh, you know, a pretty damn good Tampa, program. Which, which was our biggest rival too. So it definitely was a nice, nice way to kind of finish that season to get to the fun, get to the final. Okay, run it back to juniors here. I've also seen videos of you chucking them. When, when did you kind of realize, hey, you know, oh. if the gloves come off, I'm going to do all right for myself? That one was actually kind of like, so the game before that one, this guy that I fought, like, there's this guy named Garrett Winters who went to my school, actually, for one year. And the game before against Burnaby, this kid that I fought, like, two-handed him when he was on the ground, like, right in the head. Oh, and we were in a close we were in a close game that game, and I like I was on the floor and I saw it, so I went up to him and pushed him and whatnot. But I didn't end up fighting him that game. But going into the sec, into the next game, like it was like back to back games. I knew I wanted to fight this guy, and that was my first career fight. But I like I kind of had it ready. I I knew I wanted to do it just to like kind of stand up for this kid because he was like he's a rookie on the team. So I <laughs> I dropped the mitts with this guy, and I I thought I did all right. Just unleashed on this kid. I saw the video you were swinging and you fell down early too. And you get up and you start chucking them. So uh, I obviously have respect for that as an old school fan. Let's talk about this season though, in the WLA, because you really seem to have got some confidence and taken another step forward where, you know, everyone was talking about you coming out of rush camp. Then I got to see you kind of progress during the rush season, you know, a practice squad guy who definitely, you know, fit in, but now you go back yeah. for summer ball, you play senior A, you're shooting on NLL goaltenders, and, I mean, you average around three points per game. Like, what changed? Did you feel a little different in your game, too? No, yeah, I definitely felt pretty confident. Like, coming into a new team was a little tough to start, but that group of guys brought me in, and I felt very comfortable. I had, Coming in, I hadn't played in a few years, like a full season, really, like competitive season since college because COVID happened. So once I got in the rhythm of things and I kind of like got going, I felt really good. And like coming off the knee injury, I was doing a lot of rehab, doing a lot of working out. My body felt good. And yeah, things started clicking with this team. A lot of good players to play with and definitely was a pretty solid season this year. But elaborate on feeling good because anyone can feel good, but just because you're feeling good doesn't mean you put up 45 points in 16 games. Like, I don't even know how to explain it because not that many guys can go and do that in their first season. That's not an easy league to put up offense in. No, yeah, like conditioning wise, I felt good. Like it's hot out here, like playing inside, like you got to be in pretty good shape to play a full 60. And like I was in... Conditioning wise, good shape. I felt stronger. I knew, I knew going into it, I was gonna have to be a little bit stronger because obviously you're playing against these pretty old grinders and they can just throw you around. So I was, like, I gotta, gotta put on some muscle. Obviously, my speed helps a bit, but yeah, like I just felt good conditioning wise. And yeah, game wise, what's been your focus this uh, summer? My shooting definitely improved. I focused on my shooting a lot. Like I feel like I can beat guys one on one with my speed, and I can feed pretty well but like the outside shots I was struggling with a little bit to start the season and then I was like I kind of picked it up and I was focusing on little things and I I was feeling a lot better a few games in than I was when I started the season do you think that's the transition from shooting on junior and then arena lacrosse league goaltenders to firing it on NLL goaltenders on almost a nightly basis yeah and having Delves in net every practice definitely helped I'm shooting on him twice a week that was a definitely a big key to help me get better at shooting because I'm shooting against one of the best goalies in the world. So that was nice. 
Okay, that's an interesting point. I'm glad you brought that up because I guess most people, you know, wouldn't think of that as, you know, how is someone improving themselves in a summer ball practice? That's a good point there for sure. Now we got a few more months till, I I don't know when this one's going to drop. So it'll probably be like a month or so until the season, but you know, we've got a little bit of time until main camp. So what's the focus? Is it straight conditioning right now? Is there other things you want to improve before we get going here for the NLL season? Yeah, I definitely going to stay in the gym and get stronger. I'm going to keep working on my knee because there is times where I'm feeling it in my knee a bit from when I tore my meniscus. But I think my main focus as of right now is just staying in the gym and staying in good shape. And then a little bit closer towards training camp, I'm definitely going to get back playing or like shooting more and kind of getting the stick going more. But obviously I'm going to keep that in my hand every day. But yeah, I think right now my main focus is just staying in really good shape. You, you see how the lineup is. You see how it shakes up right now. What's your expectations coming into the 2022-23 season? My expectation is to make active roster I think with Shatler retiring and opening up the spot on the lefty side will help me a lot. And I think if I can make the active roster and I get some shots, I can definitely prove myself. And that's kind of the main focus going into the going into this year. Okay, let's have a little bit of fun here to close things off for the fans. What what are you watching on TV right now? The show I actually just started the other day was The Boys, that like superhero kind of weird show. Never I don't know if you I think it might I don't know if it's Canadian or not, but like it's just a show that this, these guys on my team told me to watch. And it's like, these superheroes are like, they're not really superheroes. They're, I don't know, there's a whole twist in it. So if you start it, you wouldn't really get it right away. But it's a pretty good show. It's, the, it's called The Boys. I've got trouble getting into that Marvel-like stuff. I don't know, maybe I'm just too big of a grouch. But uh, I, I don't know, that's not like, exactly for me. I was too until I started it. And then it kind of hooked. I kind of got hooked into it. What's dinner if you're cooking? Cooking, I'm cooking like on the barbecue. I'm doing steaks or chicken breasts mostly. You got to give sides. How are you cooking? We got to get the full details here. Chef Ramsey me. Uh, I'm cooking it with just with steak spice on it. And then I'm throwing like for a side, either like a Caesar salad or some rice and then some vegetables. What's your go-to travel snack? Um, Honestly, probably like peanuts and walnuts and that kind of thing. Okay, interesting one. I don't mind that. I think that's the classic healthy-ish, you know, travel yeah, snack. I don't really go with the candy or the chips anymore. I used to, but. Can't catch anymore. Best movie of all time. Fury. It's one of my favorites. Great movie right there. Okay, is the Muzzy staying for next year or what? Uh, The Muzzy will probably be there for training camp since it's usually in November. (laughs) Okay, so that's a yes. Muzzy's staying for the full season. Can confirm on the Rush Hour pod. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, you got to give me a good prank story to close it out here. Who got you last season? Or or if you don't have one from last season, I'm going to call you a liar and you can tell me one from college. Okay, I got one from college. I didn't really have any pranks or anything like that last year. So in college, like, it was our freshman year. They got brand new dorms, and it was, like, all the freshmen in one dorm, which is kind of crazy. But there's this one kid that lived right beside me and my roommate, and he was just, like, never in his room. He's always kind of trying to stay in our room or, like, other guys' rooms. He had his, a room to himself. And then one day this one kid goes into his room because he knows he's not there. He takes his whole bed out of his room and goes and puts it on the balcony and it's like pouring rain he doesn't care though the guy went and put his whole bed and mattress like all his covers and everything outside so i'm me and my roommate are just sitting in our room and this kid comes back and he just starts freaking out so we go we go outside we look and he's just like freaking out because there's no bed out there and we're not going to tell him where it is and then like 30 minutes goes by and we can just like, we see him start slowly bringing it all in and his bed is just soaking wet and he's just putting it back in this thing. But 
honestly, things like that <laughs> during our freshman year was happening all the time too. Like it was ruthless, honestly. That's a pretty good one. That's I, I mean, like, hey, it sucks if you're the kid, your bed's gonna smell bad and it's gonna you know, be a rough month for you, but that's a pretty good prank. So, Hey Clark, man, I appreciate you taking the time. This has been a blast. I know fans are going to love to hear a little bit more about you as you know, we, we get closer to the NLL season. So best of luck. Enjoy the rest of summer and we'll see you around the rink soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Huge thanks to Dan and Clark for hopping on the podcast this week. Alrighty. We're back in a couple weeks and yeah, maybe we'll talk some preseason games. I think I got some stuff you want to be hearing on the next one as well. It's been another edition. I'm Cody James, and follow me on Twitter at Janner on PXP. Until next week, everyone, be kind, be better. Yeah.